Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders and business owners with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. As a consultancy, we're here to help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you would like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Uh, welcome to Helping Organization Thrive. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure of Harry Mansfield. Welcome, Harry. Thank you. Great pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Uh, well, virtually me. I've not met you in person yet. Uh, I met you through the FSB, I think, meetings, uh, which is great. And I'm no doubt one day we'll meet you in person. Um, I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, you are a mental strength consultant for businesses, schools, colleges and families. And you run your own business called The Awareness Key. Uh, a little bit of background on you. You started your career as a chef and then progressed through sort of management positions and then became a sports coach, which is, again, that's an interesting sort of shift there. Um, and um, you say that these formative experiences, along with parenthood, has helped you understand how the hectic pace of life and all its demands can affect our mental strength and well-being. And that's what we'll be talking about later on is mental strength and well-being, particularly in, in the workplace. Uh, but before we get there, um, just because I, I like the audience to know a little bit more about you and your passion. Um, so what, what do you love about what you do, Harry? I am a firm believer that mental strength is the foundation for absolutely everything in life. Um, so people think about um, productivity with businesses. They think about fitness. They think about diet. They think about hobbies. Um, whatever you do, if you are mentally strong, you are actually more successful and actually just much more positive and happier person. And I love being able to give people those skills. When I go back to when I was sports coaching, I began sports coaching at 25 years ago. That was the first job I did where I got a real serious buzz from my work. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the catering days and, uh, you know, chefing and running wine bars and restaurants. And, and I, I would never have not done it. I, I did love it. But I got such a buzz out of seeing people's responses, reactions to the way they worked, learning more about themselves. Um, and they took that on into their own life. And whilst we were working with a specific sport, primarily um, to start off with, I was a riding coach and then later a rugby coach. It didn't matter which sport it was. They were taking so many skills from the sport into their day-to-day -day lives, whether it was personal or business. And that gave me a real buzz. So my passion is my work, definitely. I'm very fortunate that I can make it my work. And then for me, it gets even better when I train others, then they take those skills into the workplace and are actually training others on top of that. So the word spreads. Um, and if you're speaking at a seminar, you're getting the skills across to large numbers of people, which is so essential. And we know on the back of the pandemic that people have struggled mentally. Um, mm. And if people had had these skills actually before they went into the pan pandemic, then they, the, the figures wouldn't have been so horrendous and people would have come out much stronger than they have done. So yeah, I'm really lucky that I'm, I'm A, passionate about my work and B, it's so successful, which is brilliant. 
And it's clearly uh, shown your passion there about the sort of mental strength, that massive statement you made, uh, as in it's, it's a fundamental principle and underpins everything. Uh, and we will explore that later on. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious to how you went from chefing, hospitality, uh, sports coaching, and then mental uh, health, mental store, mental strength consultant. Yeah. There must be a link along all the way along there. It must be some sort of there is. I hate the word journey, but I'm about to use it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a journey. So I am um, going back to me being a riding coach. I have uh, ridden horses since the age of eight. I will never forget my first horse called George, um, who obviously for safety reasons went nowhere very fast at the age of eight, but I absolutely loved it. So I've competed horses, evented, and that's how I got into the riding coaching side. Um, from that, I learned uh, really about something called equine facilitated learning, which has come over from America. Uh, originally, it was equine facilitated psychotherapy, and they used it as um, an outdoor interaction with horses um, way of working with people instead of the conventional four white walls and, and counselling. Mm -hmm. Now I know, and I can say this because my sister lives over in America, um, I can take the mickey out of it all because if they don't have a counsellor or a therapist, then there's something wrong with you. Now I am not saying that these people don't have, you know, a really key job in people's lives. And I work with um, a counsellor attached to the awareness key. So if necessary, the facilities are there to be used. But I'm a firm believer in being proactive and you mm. can actually teach people a whole load of the skills. So I learned, I learned about the equine facilitated learning and I will be very honest, I turned up for the experience day with the biggest cynical hat on ever. But it was very clear how effective it was. And whilst we are not always comfortable at reflecting on ourselves, looking at ourselves, it was a very good way of learning about yourself. So that's how I became in, involved in a different um, side of mm. the equine world. From that, we developed it into dogs and um, if the cat turns up as well. So that's the animal side. I obviously brought the sports side in um, because of my sports coaching and my fellow rugby coaches, if they wanted to learn these skills, they weren't necessarily going to turn up to the awareness key if they thought they were going to stroke a horse, <laughs> but they would turn up if they were going to be competitive, throwing basketball into the, into the hoops or, you know, um, mm. you know, putting a circuit out because everyone's personality is different. And then um, I went to do the equine facilitated learning work at a forest school in Devon. And I worked there for an academic year with a very different client base, but it was fantastic experience. It was young people in care. And again, the work was very successful. So then I was able to expand with that experience, um, the nature side. So that journey um, was very unexpected. But as mm. a result, we have created at the Awareness Key a registered behavior model, which we call the Transformation Triangle. Um, specifically using sports, animals and nature in a, in a way to teach people. Um, and the reason why I've done it like that is because I look back on my school days, which were pretty rubbish and pretty unsuccessful. And the one subject I did the best in was Greek civilization. And it's like, you know, for me, what use is that going to be in my later life? But the reason why I did the best in that was just simply because part of my family's Greek. So I was already interested. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in sports, 
if you're interested in nature, if you're interested in animals, I will teach you that way. Some, sometimes, you know, we use everything, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the techniques I, I teach are mind power proficiency techniques. And I will teach them in a way that you are that you enjoy and have fun because mental strength to me is exciting. It really is exciting. It is such a powerful skill to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are thinking you're going to be sitting there you know, bored. How many times have we been on training courses? And it's just like, really, do I have to be here? Or how on earth am I going to apply this to my workplace, you know, when I get back? Um, And I don't want that to be the case. I want people to realize that it is a huge skill to have. We learn everything in life and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's evolved for that very reason. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so successful, because everybody learns in a different way. So it was a very long answer to your short question. No, that's fine. I know there's, there's loads in that. It's interesting how it's important to understand where people are coming from, their backgrounds, their, and, and it's almost to be more client-specific. And actually having different ways of, of doing the learning, and, and so whether that's outside, inside, active, whatever it may be, I think that's appropriate. We all learn in different ways at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also I do a lot of coaching, and most of it is – more in a in an office or in a meeting room as such whether it's a group of people or individuals but I have done some sort of nature walks hikes with clients which has helped them actually think a lot more creatively um, and expands a bit and also I tend to take them to places where there's no phone signal as well so that really helps uh, and that, that urge to sort of go off and do things or get called into something so they're out and that's it they're gone um so i think there's some real real value in that uh, just going back to to mental strength um how would how would you define that in a context of, of the workplace i think day-to-day life whether it's personal or in the place of work you are being challenged mentally the mind works so quickly so much so that it's actually changing up to five times per second. And you have to be able to manage that. And your mind is being taught all the time from the way you behave and from what is happening around you. So if you're in a positive work environment, that's going to lift you, that's going to help you to maintain your mental strength. But if you're in a more challenging, pressured work environment, you are not going to naturally be able to stay strong. And the subconscious mind is working most of the time. So what we have to do is teach our subconscious mind the best way forward. Um, Thinking of the sports side, if you're actually thinking about um, a tennis player, a tennis player in order to learn um, how to serve effectively is actually uh, serving thousands of times in order to get the subconscious to work. And in the workplace, if you can learn these skills, you are able to actually get your subconscious to manage work life Hmm. naturally. But if you're not actually learning the skills in the first place, whether it's a a deadline that's coming or a relationship at work in your team that isn't working, that is actually going to make you mentally weaker. And I think that that is where mental strength comes in. Um, Mental strength also actually impacts hugely on our physical strength. We all know um, from the back of the pandemic, people have talked about anxiety more Mm. um, and physical symptoms come from that. People feel sick. People have headaches. They have dizziness. um, They have aches and pains in shoulders and necks and all that kind of stuff. And if you know how to keep your mind mentally strong, 
all that can be avoided. And then the actual employer, rather than the employees, benefiting because mm. actually their team underneath them is, is working to full effect and well. And it's interesting because um, I had never really heard people talk about, or, or the government actually even talk about mental strength everyone has talked about mental health now I've mm. been talking about mental strength for years and I'm going finally people are getting it but actually the government didn't talk about it until near the end of the pandemic and when we had the COVID updates daily I remember Mark Han Hancock talking about the fact that he had gone out for a jog that day to maintain his physical health. And he said, we now have to start thinking about the mental strength side and to stay mentally strong. And I know lots of people that have thought about their mental health far more on the back of this pandemic. Mm. They said, you know, I've gone off and I've, I've learned to meditate or I take the dog for a walk. But in the workplace, if you have actually... Um, I don't know if you heard me then, as you could see that that came out then. Um, so uh, in the workplace, if you're in a challenging situation, whether it's a deadline, whether it's um, problems within the team, um, a, a project uh, actually uh, falls down around your ears, you can't go off and meditate in the middle of it. You can't go off and dog walk. So what you need are skills that are applicable to you that you can actually use there and then to get you through that moment mm. in time. So I think for the workplace, the mental strength um, is just like a, a huge umbrella for business success, business growth, reducing absenteeism, reducing project time, mm. increasing productivity. It's really simple ways of thinking about it is that on that morning when you get up and you feel up for it, you feel ready for it, that day is already more productive. And if that gets put into your place of work, whether it's on a specific project or it's the sales team, mm. you know, all that productivity is going to be going into sales. Therefore, you've got actually better turnover and your business is growing. So to me, excuse the pun, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> no, it is. And it's, it, it's um, I like this, the slant or the twist rather than talking about mental health, it's mental strength because yeah. it's far more positive, far more proactive you know we talk a lot about and i know i've got teenage daughters who talk about getting physically strong at the gym yeah. and they don't talk about getting big or or losing weight or getting thin they talk about getting strong they get strong legs and do squats and all these things and they're really it's all about strength yeah and and actually being mentally strong having that more of an approach as in more wanting to achieve strength as opposed to just maintaining health yeah. is far better for us and is more uh, a more proactive thing you talked about learning skills are some people more mentally strong than others or is it something we can all learn some skills that can help us make us mentally strong I think everybody can learn the skills I think um, in life time is precious and I think people just have to step up and act and say right this is one of the things that actually I am going to learn because I feel it's going to benefit in my life. And let's face it, life is short. And unless your employer is actually going to say, right, you're going on a course to become mentally strong and to bring that back to the workplace, you are interested in different hobbies. You know, you want to do different things with your family, but then you are working and then you are sleeping. So I think it's quite difficult for people to say, yes, this is my choice. 
But if the figures are actually showing that productivity increases up by 12%, and yesterday we're talking about the workplace, but obviously everything in life is going to be that case. You were talking about your daughters going to the gym. If they are mentally strong when they're going into the gym, they're actually going to really, really um, nail it on their reps because mm. they are mentally in a good place. Whereas if they're not mentally in a good place, they're going to turn up for the gym session that day and not be anywhere near successful. So I think absolutely everybody can learn basic skills. I think from that, it's like a physical regime. It's specific to them. And like a workplace, it's specific to them because um, any mental strength course that I do with businesses, I am passionate about the fact that it has to be specific to that workplace because a coffee shop is not like a factory floor, is not like, you know, a hairdresser's, is not mm. like, you know, a garage or whatever. And you have to be able to make sure that the product is going to work in that place that how many, you know, training courses have you turned up to and they just haven't been applicable to your place of work. So absolutely, definitely, uh, mental strength is there for everyone. It's just a question of how far you want to go with it, the same as, uh, you know, any hobby or any sport that you want to do. And you don't have to actually take, you know, it's not like a marathon where you are training and training and training and putting hours and hours into it. I've got courses online, which are 10-day boot camps, which are three power hours, and you can learn the basic skills in that time. Mm. Um, so it, it doesn't take hours. It just would do, obviously, if you really wanted to go into it deeply. Um, and then, so for example, I've got a course which is three back-to-back -back days. But that reason why it's, it's so intense is because you're taking it back to the workplace to distribute it amongst your colleagues and mm. make it specific to your place of work. So it doesn't have to be intense. Um, but the basics are there for the taking and very important to benefit everybody. And we, we know that obviously mental health costs employers huge amounts of money. I think I've got a figure of £42 billion pounds a year yeah. in, in, and predominantly down to sickness, because I think they say the number one cause of sickness is some form of mental health mm -hmm. uh, uh, issue. And so it's not only... There's a there's a positive all the productivity, but there's also a cost if you don't help sort and create that environment to really help your uh, employees. And you know we're talking about a proactive intervention here. We're not talking about just maintaining things. We're talking about proactively. So what sort of things in in the context of workplace? Um, I don't want to get, re reveal all what you do and all your secrets because obviously you want to encourage people to engage with you and engage with your courses. But what what are two I guess, advice that can start to create that mental strength sort of step to getting closer to being stronger on a, on a day by day basis? What, what sort of things would you advise? I think the most important thing um, is that you understand how the mind works, because you can't learn anything unless you've got the basics. So the basics of how the mind works is that you are going to feel emotion. And it is going to be what it is. And you have to accept it and be aware of it. And that's the first bit. And whether, whether you're in your place of work and, you know, you're absolutely nailing it and it's fun and it's exciting and that's the emotion you feel or whether something isn't going to, pl to, to um, plan and you're feeling pressured, you're feeling stressed and you're anxious. And that's the emotion. Just accept it for what it is. It's the thought process that is actually the most important thing after that. So um, it is what you do with that information at that time of your difficulty in work or, you know, your enjoyment, because don't forget to enjoy it. Actually, if you feed yourself positive thoughts, that will actually escalate. 
Um, and then it's the action that you take. So I call this very, very simply ETA. And of course, in business, everyone's talking about estimated time of arrival. But I do E for emotion, <laughs> T for thought and A for action. And I actually liken this to you were talking about your teenage daughters. I've got two teenage sons. And like a lot of teenagers, they um, have times on the Xbox or equivalent. And if the uh, computer program is lagging or they disagree with the ref decision or the, the car racing isn't going according to plan, they are going to get a very strong emotion because they are completely immersed in it. Mm. Now, the thought process following that emotion is what they need to change. And in the workplace, you need to change. Because if you don't get that thought process right and you don't learn, learn how to manage the emotion that you've got, <laughs> we have had a couple of times that Xbox controller being thrown against the wall in <laughs> desperation and frustration. So it is, to me, the basics of mental strength is just understanding how it works. And as I was saying earlier, with the mind changing you know, up to five times per second, you've got a lot of emotions going through there. And on the back of that, it is acceptance and it is awareness. And how you talk to yourself, I think, is another key thing. Clean language is mm. huge with actually talking about mental strength because we listen intently to what we're saying. And if you are a person that's confident, you will be feeding yourself confident messages, but you can become arrogant with that. If you're somebody that isn't that confident, you're going to keep doubting yourself and you are actually making yourself um, more unsuccessful. So think mm. about what you're saying to yourself, following the emotions, following the thoughts and the actions. I think clean language and the mm. ETA are key things. And then the one other one to go with, well, as I would say would be my top three today, is... Um, Feed yourself the positives, as I was just briefly saying, three positives to one negative. And um, the, the reason why I say that is that um, when I was doing the sports coaching, you know, if, if you fall off a horse or you have a missed tackle in rugby, it hurts. But if I go in and nail that person, my client, straight away and go and tell them that they were a complete idiot over it, they're going to shut down even more. And also mm. because they've had a physical injury, their mind is going to remember the pain. So you have to keep feeding the positives. So it's three positives to one. And I did originally say negative, but that actually is an example of clean language. If you think of it as a challenge, it's actually not a dead end. It's, it's something that you can actually turn mm. into a positive. It's something that you can work, work through. So I would say that though I've sort of said all those things really quickly, they are the basics of mental strength because they are a positive way of um, training the mind. And with anything, any hobby, any skill, you know, right back from when we're babies and toddlers walking and talking and any job you want to go in in the future, mm. we have to learn it. So these are the basic things that you would need to learn for mental strength. And knowing that that the emotional piece, you know, connects to our thoughts, then obviously connects to our actions. Um, you know, if it all goes wrong, obviously those actions become throwing things, fights, swearing, whatever it may yeah. be, things that you will regret usually in life. Um, so how do we sort of, I guess, manage that emotion? Because obviously it, we have this sort of limbic system, this sort of Neanderthal man sort of kicks off and we just respond, you know, fight or flight, uh, freeze or fall, whatever, how you want to react mm -hmm. to a situation in the context of a workplace where somebody may just have a go at you 
Um, and obviously in the moment, it, it's quite difficult, but this is where the training comes in prior to that, isn't mm, it? Mm. How do we sort of check ourselves of that, of not allowing that emotion to just rip through us and just go into all sorts of thoughts of what they're thinking, motives to, to an action yeah. that's done in a split second? Yeah. Um, what, what, what sort of advice would you give to that sort of scenario? Uh, well, as I've already said, that emotion is there. You know, you have been challenged and this is what you feel. Other, I think you have to be a little bit selfish at this time because mental strength to me is a selfish thing. You have to accept that this is what you feel. Um, and it's, it's a bit like someone's pain level. You know, everybody's got different pain thresholds. You know, the military mm. and the special forces, their pain thresholds are really, really high. Um, and a lot of people wouldn't be able to cope with that. So I think on the basis of the accepting of the um, uh, emotion, it is actually going, well, this is what it is. This is how I feel. And I think you need to own that to start mm. off with. And don't feel any criticism from anyone else. The fact that somebody else thinks you're a complete idiot for feeling that because it is what it is, as I say. There are loads of things to do with breathing to do with grounding, all these kind of things that are physical exercises that you can actually put into place. And they are easily done in the office office environment. They can easily be uh, done uh, actually just whilst you're sitting at your desk. So even if it's a phone call that you've received and you're desperate to move around, um, you can actually put them into place because movement actually is something that is really good. Just perhaps going for the coffee break. Um, mm. walking to the coffee machine actually does shift. It's when you're sitting there and you're um, having to absorb more of that feeling rather than mm. put a stop to it. So breathing, I always think, is is uh, very good. You can think about your feet on the ground if you're sitting at a chair. Um, you can actually think about different parts of your body. We've called it a, a, um, a body scan in our workplace here. Um, and it's just taking your mind away from mm. the thought that you have um, failed, you're anxious, you're worried, you're angry. Mm. And actually, if you take it to something that grounds you, um, whether it is the feet on the ground, whether it is the breathing, whether it's thinking about a part of your body, it is whatever works for you. And if one thing mm. works for one person, don't worry if it doesn't work for someone else. That's the whole idea of being trained because you can learn a whole load of alternative processes. Mm. And I liked how you also was a reframe really when you, if somebody falls off and hurts themselves, instead of seeing it as a negative, you see it as a, a challenge. I, I would turn it turn it into a, it's just a learning opportunity, isn't it? And that's I mean I, I do a lot of that with certainly my children and um, look at ways of what can we learn from this apparent failure or or not so didn't go to plan um or also looking for the silver lining isn't it which it's not about looking life's all rosy because it's not but it's almost like, yeah. okay uh, we had a recent example where we were meant to go and see um some friends and something else happened and so we end up doing something else because of the situation and and i said to my daughter okay there was a silver lining and in fact she said it back to me is oh the silver lining in that was that so th taking that disappointment of what we were going to do and we, it changed and actually something else came out of something new and it's just changing the perspective on things. And I think that's a lot of reframing can really help, can't it? 
Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the important things to do with mental strength is actually realize that you are having to deal with change all the time. Everything is changing all the time. You know, every phone conversation you have, every um, day you're at work, every morning you get up and the family dynamics, everything is changing all the time. And it's learning the skills to stay mentally strong because the you know, it's a roller coaster ride life, isn't it? And hopefully you have the highs the majority of the time, but it is on the move all the time. And it's actually having those skills to manage the change in the workplace, whether it's a project, whether it's a deadline, whatever, or in family life. Um, the it, it was quite fun, funny, actually. I was talking uh, with one of my family clients recently that we were talking about family team building, and they went, well, hang on a minute. We always talk about that in the workplace, mm, but it's the same. It's exactly same. the same. It doesn't make any difference. So, yeah, we talk about uh, quality of leadership. And I have to say, if you are a manager or a leader within the workplace and you are mentally strong and your team is mentally strong because they're picking that up from you, mm. the whole environment is going to be far more successful, definitely. Excellent. Um, just before we finish, just just one final thoughts from you, really. Um, we've all had the last 18 months and there's lots of been challenges of, you know, remote working anxiety apart from all, all the stuff we all know about what's happened um and there's almost a, an impending doom so to speak you call it doom of people really getting some issues with sort of their mental health and mm-hmm. the struggles of going back anxiety going back to work into the office uh hybrid working remote works all that going on and winter coming and all that um what would you say to a, I suppose, a leader in an organisation now of how to sort of start to manage and help their staff with perhaps their anxiety and bring in that sort of context of right now? Hmm. I think it's it's quite a time-consuming thing to manage, but I think it's very important because I personally don't believe in that phrase, um, there is no I in team. I'm afraid I think that there is an I in team. Uh, because if one person of that team has fallen by the wayside because they are anxious and they're not functioning well, that whole team is going to be struggling in comparison to a fully fit team. And every single person, if if you walked in, if you think before the pandemic and you were walking into um, a conference room and there were, let's say, eight, 12 people around, around, the, around the table for a meeting, every single person is going to work differently. And I think on the back of this pandemic, it is important far more important. I mean, it was important before and it was what I was teaching before the pandemic, but it's actually even more important now for the manager, for the leader within the workplace to actually appreciate that every single person around that table works differently. And some people will be desperate to come back into the workplace and others will actually be, as you say, quite anxious about it. So I think the most important thing from a leader's point of view is actually treat them as individuals. Mm -hmm. And this is where the skills actually come in because when you're a manager, you are not only a manager of your trade and working in the industry, but you are a manager of humans. And it is the human element that has got to come to the fore when you're actually trying to encourage people through the anxiety of coming out on the, of the pandemic and going back to the workplace. But if they can, if the manager can actually treat the people as individuals, then actually their team is going to be so much stronger as a result of it. But it's not a five minute fix. You know, it is something mm. that takes time. Um, but actually on the back of it, all projects that the team does will be stronger because everybody will be working the way that works for them. 
Okay. Well, we could go on much longer, uh, Harry. Uh, there's lots to talk about, and there's lots of valuable you've already, uh, insights you've shared and strategies, and it's really helpful. Um, if people are interested in how they can sort of um, use you, uh, whether as an individual or as a team or in the context of your courses, uh, how might they get in touch with you? Well, the Awareness Key is a website. So it's www.awarenesskey.co.uk. And uh, obviously, there are um, loads of things to look at there. But go to whether it's a business perspective, a school or college, or a family perspective, because then it takes you to the, the correct places on the website. And if you've got any questions or just want to discuss something, uh, there's a free discovery call that I can do for half an hour with anyone that just wants to see if the work that I do would be um, suitable for their work environment. So, yeah, it would be lovely to hear from people. And then obviously there are the social media platforms that are linked to that as well. So uh, the website is the best way forward. Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today, Harry. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Thank you. If you like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a consultancy, we help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you'd like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com.